0: Bye. I'm Leanne Finley-Maxwell with Panther City Partners, and I'm so excited to have you here today to listen to more stories from Fort Worth of transition and change. And today, I'm so excited to have my friend, Christina Albatar here with me today. Christina and her spouse own Chaudra's, um, a wonderful restaurant um, in, in Fort Worth that it's got great food. You should come check it out, Italian and Mediterranean. Um, <laughs> but we met really through, I mean, I had seen you at Chaudra's many times because that's where my family likes to eat on. Wednesday nights for their buffet, <laughs> but we met really through an organization that we've both been involved with called MACE, the Mexican American College Education Fund. And through that organization, we, the goal of that organization is to give scholarships to um, students, mostly students with a background that is Hispanic, um, to, to give them these small scholarships so that they can go to college to support the efforts of the, the Latino community, Latina community to, to, for higher education. Right. And so that's where we started. But you, I know, have worked with some other organizations. If you don't mind telling us a little bit about those, that'd be awesome. Sure.
1: Thanks for having me. Thank you so much um, for being here. <laughs> well, right now in my current position, I am the um, state education chair for the Hispanic Women's Network of Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically for our Latinas in Progress program that we have run here in Fort Worth for over ten years. Yeah. So I'm doing that, and right now I'm just taking some of the practices that we've learned in our um, in Fort Worth, mm-hmm. and kind of helping our state develop uh, programs all over.
0: Okay. So, mm-hmm. so tell me a little bit about why. I mean. I know why I joined the group of MACE to, to, mm-hmm. to work with Latinos and Latinas for higher education. But what do you think is important there? Like, why is that an organization that you have put invested so much of your time and talents into? Um,
1: I think when I started um, in college, I mean, when I was in high school, it was mm-hmm. very difficult. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think people were as supportive. They just didn't think that you were going to go far.
0: Why, why Why? do you think that is Be- because you're latina
1: well at the time i probably didn't think it was that mm-hmm. i just remember once i would win scholarships or like if i won a big scholarship i remember uh, some of my counselors and teachers being shocked that i won it <laughs> what yeah and um that's disheartening. Yes, it was disheartening. And um, specifically, I remember one of my friends um, who's now a PhD in mm-hmm. chemistry. Nice. Uh, yeah. And when she was a senior in high school, she had really good grades, great grades. Mm-hmm. Um, her, our teachers told her um, because her SAT score happened to be low, mm-hmm. which now that I know is like, um, a lot of Latino students have a right. lower SAT score. It's a
0: biased test.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, and they suggested that she not go to a four-year college, that she consider something else. And I just remember hearing her tell me that. And I thought, gosh, I don't, I mean, I can't imagine being told that. Yeah. And it just seemed like a really
0: great, big injustice right, um, to me. I mean, nobody was telling me that in high school, I have to say, you know, right. And people were not saying that kind of thing to me. And I did not have great SAT scores either.
1: I know. And we were like in magnet. We were in the Mm -hmm. talented and gifted and her grades. She was top 10% of the class, a lot smarter than I was, just a little (laughs) more (laughs) into school um, than I was. And I just knew, I said, they wouldn't dare tell me something like that. I tell my mom and she would be so mad. Mm -hmm. And so I told her, she was very upset and shocked. And I just remember telling her, I said, I think you should do whatever you want to do. Yeah, I think you can do this. I know you right. can. I can't believe they told you that. And so she ended up getting all of her school paid for Awesome. up until she was a PhD. Everything oh, wow. was paid for. And so I think the shocking thing for me in that was that 10 years later, I still heard some of the same stories. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. made me feel... Um, that gave me the push to help the girls a little mm-hmm. more because, even, like I said, even now that still happens. It does. Yeah. And especially mm-hmm. in my school, if you weren't the top 10 or top 5% or, mm-hmm. or a favorite, mm-hmm. I just remember they would always get pulled out of class um, mm-hmm. to um, receive information about scholarships mm-hmm. or things like that. So I always had to search myself. Right. So the ones
0: that I won were because I actively sought them. Mm-hmm. There was nobody there telling you, hey, you should try for this one, Christina. You were having to do all that research on your own.
1: I did. And I had one counselor who wasn't assigned to me mm-hmm. that actually helped me a lot. Um, oh, good. And she just saw me in there all the time. Mm-hmm. And she um, it would just encourage me and help me fill things mm-hmm. out if I had questions. Mm-hmm. So it's just like... Sometimes I think it just takes one person.
0: Yeah, it really does to, to believe in you and, and really spark that. Right. Mm-hmm. So your activism for Latinos and Latinas in college and your support of helping students get there really started when you were in high school. It sounds like with supporting your friends saying, hey, you should do this no matter what people are telling you.
1: Yes. I mean, and looking back, I mean, I am first generation. Mm-hmm. My brother, um, was older than I was, and he had already graduated from college, mm-hmm. but there was just so much stuff I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I was um, uh, always college-bound. mm mm-hmm. Um, entering uh, my freshman year of college was a little difficult. I ended up transferring later mm-hmm. and making a better decision for myself. Um, right. At the time, I actually had picked a college that didn't even have the major I wanted to oh. <laughs> Yeah,
0: because you just didn't know to look for yeah, that. Kind I, had of thing. No mm-hmm. I had
1: no idea. I had no idea what to do. I mean, my parents were extremely supportive mm-hmm. and um, financially, especially. Um, they, they paid for my school, which is a huge gift yes. even to this day. Yes. So I didn't have to struggle with that but mm-hmm. it was a lot of the other things. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. that makes me think about, you know, my parents had gone to college and my parents were educators. And so they did have some institutional knowledge, but even they didn't understand everything because they had gone to college so many years before right. I had gone. So thinking about it from the perspective of a parent who doesn't have any experience with that, how how in the dark that they can feel and then they can feel like I can't, I can't help my kid. And that's a frustrating place to be in as, as a caregiver to kids. Like, I don't feel like I can help them.
1: Right. And I think, um, as a student identifying at what point you really do need help, right? Because, um, the kind of help that you need in college is different from high school sure. and people aren't as forgiving. There is right. help out there, right? but if you don't know when to ask, mm-hmm. uh, before it's too late mm-hmm. or thinking you can take care of it on your own, right. um, it can get overwhelming. Right. There's a- a-
0: there's not as much of a safety net in college as there is in high school. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> At all, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> not that much. And a lot of it, um, I think most of the time, especially a first generation student, is used to doing it all by themselves. Mm-hmm. And you can do it and you do do it by yourself, right. but you don't have to struggle.
0: Right. So. Right. So when you're working with these young women and helping them to make that transition to college, you're starting to work with them in high school, right? And then do you continue that relationship with them throughout their four years or five or six years of college? Or how does that work? Um, A lot of them,
1: once they get into college, they do know that they can come back and talk to Mm -hmm. us and we are always a resource for them, which is one of the reasons why I did go into MACE because Mm -hmm. a lot of our girls were receiving those scholarships and I wanted to keep up with them. Mm -hmm. But it is... um, a wonderful education program because right now we are definitely seeing um, them come back oh, and help hey. and assist us. And they're just so smart and they know so much. Right. And um, it's really exciting to see where, have, where they have right. become. So mm-hmm. we invest our time and we invest scholarships. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, th- they've really just you know done so well right they've really blossomed Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm.
0: mm -hmm. so what are some of the things that you're teaching them and through the programs about that transition into college
1: i think a lot of times uh, we definitely tell them to put themselves first in their Mm -hmm.
0: education and what that really looks like Mm -hmm. um that's really hard a lot for latinas to do because they're often helping so much with their family that it can be hard to put themselves first
1: it is hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of our first sessions, we actually have the parents show up uh-huh. and we um, talk to them separately. And we have um, some of our LIP alum come back mm-hmm. and they um, come with their parents. This last year, we had one come with her uh, father who really didn't speak English, but mm-hmm. she was able to share how he supported her in any way he could. Right. So um, and she's been successful and she's an attorney now and she's doing really awesome, awesome. things. Um But, yeah, that's definitely one of the things. And how it's not like you're saying no to your family. Right. But certain family obligations, you just maybe can't attend. Like, you can't Mm -hmm. always go to the weddings, the quinceañeras, the birthdays, all Mm -hmm. the barbecues. And especially, I think... They have a lot more problems when they are in the same town.
0: Yes, I've noticed that. The students (laughs) that that I work with who live in the same city that their parents still, I mean, they go to college in the same city that their parents, the expectation is that they come home more frequently.
1: Or um, they're still a part of that family unit that might be required to pick up pick you up or pick up your kid, you know, your your sibling from school, um, do those kinds of little things that sometimes take up a lot of time, Mm -hmm. but you just don't realize, um, especially Mm -hmm. some of the students that live at home, um, they Mm -hmm. have a harder time putting
0: themselves first. Right. Especially education first. Right. Mm Right. So that's the first thing really is put yourself and your education first. You have worked hard for this and now it needs to be your priority. What are some, what, what's the next thing that you that your organization teaches these young ladies how to communicate with your professors <laughs> yeah,
1: that's an important one yeah and how important it is to be in the front and how important mm-hmm. it is to be engaged and what that looks like and not to be scared to to speak to your professors mm-hmm.
0: um early on mm-hmm. in the game not right towards the end when you really need them no i always tell them go talk to your professor when on a positive note the first time you interact with your <laughs> professor should be something good yeah <laughs> so that later when you go back with a problem they know hey i've already met with this person before
1: yeah, yeah i mean and and you're paying to be there and Mm -hmm. they want to help you succeed i mean they have a vested interest in that too i mean Mm -hmm. they want their students to succeed right and um our program has a lot of professors in it oh great so i think that it's really empowering to see just how much they really do care Mm -hmm. about you and Mm especially when they come in on a Saturday and help uh, and talk to the girls. I I think it really just opens their eyes Mm -hmm. and how much they're really going to learn and what Mm -hmm. class participation really looks like Mm -hmm. during class. Mm
0: -hmm. Those things are important. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I find is that in K through 12, we are, you know, I I used to be a teacher, like we're constantly teaching the students that the teacher is in charge of their learning and the teacher is going to help you. um, If you don't understand something, let me figure out how I can help you learn this or let me, let me be in charge of your learning. And then we switch that paradigm when they go to college where the student really is in charge of their own learning, but it is not something they're familiar with. And so navigating that of being in charge of your own learning, um, it looks, it looks way differently, it looks way different in college. So can you speak to that a little bit about the things that you're trying to impart to these students while they're still in high school and living this paradigm of their teacher being in charge of their learning? Like it's going to be different when you get to college. Well, our, our whole premise
1: is to treat them as if they are in college oh, great! so that, um, we don't, uh, we ask that they initiate conversations and not their parent. Mm-hmm. Um and when their parent does we ask them to <laughs> to go back and and talk to their student um because i mean you see all different kinds of parents sure but the only way that they're really going to learn how to stand up for themselves is to speak for themselves
0: right they have to be their own
1: advocates yes and so that's very important and we um hold them accountable mm-hmm. and responsible for their own deadlines for their scholarships mm-hmm. um for all of that information showing up when they sign up yeah um Because we're all volunteers. Right, right. (laughs) So um, once you commit to something, you really need to commit.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it sounds like one of the things that y'all are doing is treating them like adults. And so they need to be acting like adults. And that can be hard, especially at home when your parent or an organization wants you to be an adult, but they don't want to treat you like an adult. And so y'all are really practicing there what you're preaching of like, if you're going to be an adult in college, you need to start being an adult now. And that's what this looks like. Right, and I think a lot of them have had that parent, te- that parent
1: or teacher relationship, mm-hmm. right. and definitely when you go into college, that professor-student relationship mm-hmm. is different. Mm-hmm. And then the relationship that we want to build with them as a mentor, mm-hmm. as a, a a potential friend, you know, when mm-hmm. we're all um, when they're older and graduates, mm-hmm. um, our roles change again. Sure, but it's the first time that some of them have seen. Um, professional latina women that Mm -hmm. look like them that are successful Mm -hmm. that are genuinely just there for um for, for them to succeed right and um just because we're there doesn't mean their journey is not going to be difficult. It just means that
0: we're giving them some resources to help them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's important because I think that journey and that transition to college, regardless of what your background is, is very difficult. And I don't think we talk enough about that. Mm-hmm. I went, When I was working at TCU, I had the student come in my office and she, with all seriousness, looked at me and said, Nobody told me college was going to be hard. Uh-huh. And she had such disdain and just like she feel she felt like the rug had been pulled out from under her. Like I didn't know it was going to be this hard when I got here. And so it's awesome that y'all are having those conversations with them because the journey for college for a Latino or a Latina is going to be different than if you're if you're white and it is probably going to be harder. And so having that conversation, being really upfront and honest about that early Do you find that that's been helpful for your students?
1: I think so. I think um, also having more access to the colleges. Every Mm. meeting that we do have is on a college campus. So we try to give them that experience as well. Um, Freedom Mm -hmm. (laughs) is -hmm. a big one too. uh, uh, Not really knowing how to manage all of their time. Because sometimes I feel like the more time you have, the more time you have to goof around. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And just um, personal expectations. Mm -hmm. I think... um, A lot of the girls that we do have are, are harder on themselves. Of course. And so um, when they find uh, that things aren't as easy for Mm -hmm. them as maybe they used to be, Mm -hmm. um, it discourages them. Mm -hmm. And they just need to realize that their journey is not set by um, their college, um, uh, you know, assignments like you have to finish in four years. That it's their journey and they're going to build it and they're going to design it and Putting yourself first also means mental health Mm -hmm. and your own health. So if you can't take the required 16, 17, 18 hours in a semester in order to graduate,
0: then it's okay. Right. Right, you can have that non-traditional path. I, I've talked about this many times with my client, with my clients, but also with the guests on the podcast. Of like, we grow up thinking that there is just one way and there's one path, and you you go to college, you get a job, and you stay in that job forever, and that's what your life looks right. like. But that's for the vast majority of us. That is not the reality. And sometimes we take college more slowly. My mom. Took my mom nine years to graduate from her undergrad degree because she was like working and supporting my dad and having children and all that kind of stuff. And to know that telling them up front that it's okay, you know, your your college journey does not have to look like everybody else's. And I don't think it.
1: I mean, it's not very common for someone to graduate in four years anyway. It's it's not not as realistic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, if you have to take a gap year, which is a new term I had to learn several years ago, (laughs) it's okay. And people shouldn't be hard on you for taking a break if you need to take a break.
0: And you shouldn't be hard on yourself for taking a break. But but you know that you can go back. It will be there. That's what one of my Mm -hmm. guests said. College will be there. It's not going anywhere.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's not going anywhere. And so sometimes your path might look a little different from other ones. But I don't know if people people actually, after you've graduated, you don't really talk about that. No, you don't. You know? And so it is important for them to hear from mm-hmm. us that mm-hmm. we all have our own journeys. It's all taken different, you know, mm-hmm. lengths of time. And we've all uh, done it differently, but we've all graduated. Right. And we're successful. Yeah.
0: And we give back. Yeah. <laughs> so please do all those things. Yes. <laughs> what did you, would you say, I mean, you, you touched on this a minute ago of like having students, um, see these Latina women, um, who are successful, who have graduated from college, who are mentors. What do you think that that does for a student to finally see somebody like themselves? And how, how does that help them see themselves in those roles?
1: I feel a lot of our girls um, have shared some stories, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them in particular um, was pretty interesting with me and um, she's a one of the students that I've just maintained a relationship with and when she was in college um, working on, on a, a business project um, she said that they the professor had asked her uh, asked them to go back and in, um, interview somebody that had graduated that had a career in certain mm-hmm. fields mm-hmm. and she said that she had never felt so out of place before right. and it was so difficult because she thought gosh. I, I don't know who I'm going to ask. Mm-hmm. And all of the students around are like, oh, I'm going to ask my uncle. I'm going to ask my cousin. I'm going to mm-hmm. ask my mom or dad. And she said she couldn't think of anyone. Wow. So she actually <laughs> left crying because that was oh. one of the first times that she felt that uh, she really wasn't on the, you know, level playing field with all of them. And right. it was just really difficult. And so she happened to reach out to me. Mm-hmm. And um, I did spend time with her and filling out her survey. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've done that for several of the girls. Mm-hmm. I just didn't realize what an impact that would make on her. Yeah, and so she said that she just felt extremely grateful that she did have a resource right. and someone to go back in contact because she really didn't have anybody. Wow, that's that's yeah.
0: That's so crazy. it's the little things, yeah, and
1: that I think happened two years after she had already graduated from our program.
0: Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. So it's <laughs> awesome that she had that resource to come back to y'all, mm-hmm. but it does highlight that idea that even without necessarily meaning to be you know biased or point out her difference that that's what happened in that class the professor was she felt singled out because her life was different right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's hard (laughs) hard to hear (laughs) because that seems like such a benign situation like the professor is not thinking oh some of my students may not have somebody to talk to it's just like a you know You would just Mm -hmm. as a college professor, you would just think, oh, everyone has somebody like this. But that's the reality is that that is not true.
1: I mean, and it is important. I mean, I've shared with some of the girls, too, who who say maybe they've gone to a college that um, is um, known for their students having more wealth. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're there on a full scholarship mm-hmm. and they have had some problems to adjusting sure. or listening to conversations in their classroom. Maybe over spring, after coming back from spring break and hearing right. about all their extravagant trips and their mm-hmm. new cars. And, um, how difficult that is sometimes for them to hear. And they realize, wow, I'm really different. I just have nothing in common. But I do push them to get to know people that aren't like them. Mm -hmm. Because I told them that's what it's going to be like when you're out in the job force. You know, not everyone is going to be just like you anymore. Um, Just because in public school, we are in our neighborhoods and we're a little more sheltered and we grow up with them uh, since we're little kids. Um, And I always encourage them to do something different, maybe something that they're not used to. Mm -hmm. And then I tell them, I so said, your first generation. I said, maybe your child is going to be that person, right, that's talking about how they went to Italy, for right <laughs> for, for spring break for spring break, and that always has them. You know, I, I get that little pause, and they're thinking, "Wow, I'm not that far away from it." And that's really what an education can do for you. It just provides you with all these great opportunities right. that you wouldn't have been able to have as much access to,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's important for all students but especially a, a a group of students like latinos and latinas because we i mean our state is moving more towards being more latina and latino mm-hmm. and so we need to be realizing that these experiences are for everyone not just certain people
1: and they are for everyone right i mean um you know i'm just speaking specific to what la- being latina because that's mm-hmm. my experience but it is it is still there it doesn't matter what your race or demographic is
0: yeah You touched on this a second ago, too, and I think that the students that I work with for academic coaching... Often their parents contact me or the student contacts me because they think that they need academic help. And what's really happening is that they actually need help with that transition of like changing your life is so different in college. And it's not necessarily the academics that you're struggling with. It is that transition, that life transition of not being at home, expecting you're expected to do more things for yourself than you did before. Can you speak to, to how y'all talk about that transition with your students?
1: Well, specifically with the parents, Mm -hmm. um, we just kind of teach them how to be supportive, Mm -hmm. how to just to call or text or, you know, just make sure they're okay. Um, I have a niece that's still in college and. I try to do that regularly, like mm-hmm. every week. I just send her a text. Hey, how are you? How's school? You know, we, we're thinking about you. We yeah. love you. Um, I'll call her. Um, I keep her involved. Like, like, let's say I went out to dinner with her grandfather, who's my father. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll send her a picture. Oh, yeah. And so I, sometimes when they're away, you think... Um, that they need to be studying and you don't want to bother them, but you still need to keep them engaged with your family and yeah. let them know that you think about them. And whenever you do think about them, just send them let a them quick, know. yeah, let them know. And I think when I was in college, I felt lonely a lot. And I don't think a lot of uh, my family really realized um, how to reach
0: out, mm. but it's just as simple as that. Mm-hmm. That's a really good idea because you, I, you don't think about that when you're going your kid is going off to college or your or your niece or mm-hmm. a family member is going off to college that they still need to feel that connection and and it's harder for them to sometimes reach out because you said it's hard for people to ask for help sometimes but knowing that that support is still at home can do a lot for their mental health as well as their you know their academic you know and they academic stress but i mean if they know that those people are still at home supporting them and they're reminded of that and they're reaching out it makes it easier for them to reach out if they do wind up needing help later
1: right and i uh, in my role as the state education chair mm-hmm. um i go every quarter to austin mm-hmm. and we have a meeting and i do stay a couple days extra and we hang out together and um I try to spend some time with her, and I'm always, I feel so honored every time she wants to spend time with
0: yeah, me. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I'm As like, they get older, I'm like, do you still like me? I know, <laughs> right?
1: And so it's always been really, uh, it's been really fun to get to bond with her like that. And you just honestly get to learn a little more about her than you probably wouldn't have. I try to see her dorm and yeah. uh, try to experience all of that. That's
0: so cool because you're, you're going into her space and choosing to see her as an adult where it's so easy. Like when they come home from college to continue to see them as a kid, like remember that from like a family dynamics class that I took in college of like, it's so easy to to revert back to those familial roles when you get home, even though, even if she's been out for years, she, when she comes home, she's still the youngest daughter or whatever her role is. And so when you've taken that effort to go and see her in her space and see her as Still part of the family, but as her own person, that can do a lot for her to think. Okay, yes, I'm making good choices, or this person supports me, or I am. This person sees me as an adult, not just as a child. Yeah, and I, I mean, don't want
1: to keep talking only about her, but um, <laughs> She's just <the> most familiar. <laughs> I know, but um, I think it was her freshman year, and we, um, my husband and I, went down to visit her, and we took her her grandfather, which is my father. Mm-hmm. And we just had this really, I think, a very beautiful family moment. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, wow, how lucky she is because um, we were all sitting down. We were having ice cream and she was kind of sharing a little bit of her stress mm-hmm. and she got a little overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And um, my husband, and I just kept telling her, like, you know, you can do this and you've got this. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you need help, like, we'll we'll pay for whatever we need to help. Right. You know, you know, investing in you is in our family and Mm -hmm. we give scholarships to kids we don't know so of course we're going to help you (laughs) right you know um and she just was talking about how um she felt bad asking or like Mm -hmm. um i would rather not go out to dinner with my friends if it meant that i had to help you Mm -hmm. and so my father was just eating his ice cream on the side and then out of nowhere he was um he stopped and he looked at her and he's just like you know you're my granddaughter and And you can do this and you've got this and you're, you know, I know, I know that you're going to be okay. And then everyone started crying. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, you know, here's this, you know, 82 year old man and her niece and, you know, her mom, I mean, uh, aunt Mm -hmm. and uncle and her mom and dad had just been to visit too. And I thought, wow, that's. The difference between a first-generation and a second-generation mm-hmm. kid mm-hmm. and um, just that kind of support and the support that we knew we needed to give her and right. what that really looked like right, at that moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, um, it was very powerful. And I remember there was a man sitting... Uh, around the corner from us and he had two small children and when he walked off, I guess he had heard our whole mm-hmm. conversation and I mean everyone was crying. Yeah. And he walked off and he just kinda smiled at us and I thought, you know, you're not gonna be too far from this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it's hard to explain the differences and that was definitely to me one of them.
0: Yeah. Because you knew you had experience of being a college student yourself and to kind of have some idea Mm -hmm. of the the needs that she had at that moment. Whereas when you went to college, your dad and mom didn't have those same experiences. And so they didn't know your needs at that moment. Yeah. And I only
1: I didn't I mean, they helped me so much. Yeah, I just I probably didn't tell them everything I needed to tell them. And they didn't ask me things they
0: probably should have asked. Me. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Right. So if you had to give one piece of advice to a student going off to college, what would that be? What do you think is you're like, this is what you need to know, or maybe one or two things. You don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to only give one of <laughs> the one pressure. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I think what I've stated before, it it is your journey. Mm -hmm. Um, You need to take a hold of it, be accountable, um, have, you know, be responsible for it. Put your education and yourself first. Mm -hmm. It's an investment in yourself for four years. Right. And um, try different things, do different things, things that aren't always in your own race, things that don't always feel comfortable. Right. Because it's your only opportunity to really grow and experience and learn different cultures and meet different people. Mm -hmm. and always, education is first. Study, 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 right. study. Prioritize your study. <laughs> Sometimes you can forget
0: those things, but right. um, study. Yeah, you're here for <laughs> you're here for education. So put it first, right. and experience as much as you get as much out of this opportunity as you possibly can. Right. Because when you go to to work, you're gonna have a new and different experiences, but they're not gonna be the same things that you had access to when you were in college. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Christina. I really (laughs) enjoy learning from you about, um, you know, that transition off to college. You've seen so many students through that program go through. And so you just have a wealth of knowledge in that, that, that transition from high school to college. So thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. And to our listeners, um, Thank you so much for your time and sharing yourself with us. Thank you for sharing your stories and following on Instagram, Panther City Partners, downloading the podcast um, at your favorite podcast platform. Please continue to do so. Remember, the only constant is change, but you don't have to go it alone. Thanks, Leanne Maxwell with Panther City Partners. Have a great day.